Good morning, New Life. It's Pastor Bill, and I want to welcome you this morning, and want to thank you for joining in, for tuning in. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube or on a landing page, I want you to know how much I appreciate you showing up. You know, you could be anywhere right now on this Sunday morning or this Sunday evening, depending on when you're watching, but today you came to church. You prioritized your time of worship, and that's a huge deal. And for all of you who are new, those that are maybe watching from Blackstone or somewhere across the United States or around the world, I want you to know we are so excited that you're here with us. And so we welcome you. So church, if you would, give them some love, show them some hearts, and let them know, let all of our guests know how much we appreciate them being with us today. So it's good to be with you. I want to share, we're going to continue to uh, our series on real Christianity. And in times like we're living uh, with COVID-19, it's almost like that's an afterthought with regard to all the riots and all the stuff that's going on in our country. Uh, it's real easy to see who Christians are. Our Christianity, your Christianity, ought to be on display and people ought to be able to see enough evidence of your Christianity to convict you of being a Christian. And so in the midst of all this violence and all this, all the rioting that's going on, it's so important that you and I let our light shine for the world to see. Uh, we need to let them know what love looks like. We need to let them know what it is to honor one another, to prefer one another. And I was... Um, reading out of James chapter 2, and James is uh, such a great practical book, and it deals with real-life issues that you and I are facing still uh, 2,000 years ago, and it says in James chapter 2 verse 1, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to it. Uh, if you have your phone or your computer right there, you can click onto YouVersion. It's a great app that gives you access to many different translations of Scripture, and today I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and it says in James 2, 1, My dear brothers and sisters, James is addressing you and me. He's addressing the church. He says, How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? He says, How is it that you call yourself a Christian and yet you show favoritism to people around you? You treat others differently, whether it's their skin color, whether it's their, their financial state, whether it's their economics, their education, uh, whatever it is, he says, how is it that you call yourself a Christian and yet show favoritism, show partiality? He says it doesn't line up. And I want to be very, very clear that you know, as a church, uh, we're not just a church, but we're a gathering of believers from many different ethnicities, many different backgrounds, many different ages, and God wants all of us to come together. We're a family. Families are made up of all different ages, all different demographics. When you come together for your family reunion, uh, there's lots of people that you haven't seen for a while, some people you didn't know are part of your family. And that's what it is to be part of the family of God. And there's good news is when you and I get to heaven, we're going to meet a bunch of the rest of the family. Uh, some that worship at different churches than us. Some that are part of different denominations than we're a part of. And the, I want you to know that James is saying, you know, the world's a bigger place than just you. And you and I have to be very, very careful that we show the love of Jesus Christ towards our brothers and sisters. So he says, you Christians... Don't claim yourself a Christian if you're showing partiality or favoritism to people uh, 
over others. And, and so he says, and this definition of favoritism is the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another. You know what I love about being a Christian is when Jesus died, he died for all of us. He didn't die just for a select few of us. He didn't die just for the Jewish people. He didn't die just for the white people or just for the black people or the Hispanic people. When God, the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't love the white world. He didn't just love the black world. He loved the entire world, which uh, is more than the United States of America. He loves the world. And so God has a global vision. He sees all of us, and he loves us just as we are. And uh, the other day, uh, Jenny and I had dinner with Jordan and Akeem who are worship leaders, worship pastors, and Akeem's giving leadership over the men's ministry. And they do such a great job. But we wanted to hear from them, being black people, what it's like to be black in America, what it's like to be black in our church. And what do you feel as a black person that I don't feel as a white person? And so it was a great time for us to, to interact together. And Jordan said something very, very um, enlightening to me. She says, you know, we often say that, that God is colorblind, but he's not. He created us uh, in his image. And when he created uh, me white, uh, he did that with great purpose and intentionality. And when he created someone else Hispanic and someone else black, it wasn't accidental. It was on purpose. When he created people male and female, he did that on purpose. And so what I know is that God loves diversity. God loves variety. Uh, I, I often think, you know, what would the world look like if everyone was Bill McIntosh? And thank the Lord, we're not. And so we, God loves the fact that we have children, uh, red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in his sight. Uh, you know the song as well as I do. And so James was questioning the reality of a person's faith that favors other people uh, one person over another group of people, that you favor someone at the expense of the other. And our kids often tease and, and say, hey, I'm, I'm mom and dad's favorite. Uh, no, I'm their ultimate favorite. And the reality is we love all of our kids just the same equally. They're all different in their own unique ways, but we love them all and we don't have favorites. We try to be very, very careful not to even show partiality with our children. And our children keep us very uh, much in line. If it looks like someone was getting more freedom than the other, uh, they throw the card on us. And, um, and so we have to look at those things. And so uh, whether you're showing partiality based on age, based on income bracket, based on race or title, or whatever else the, the, the thing is, James says it's wrong. And so he was saying real Christians don't show favoritism or partiality. And right now in 2020, uh, it is June uh, 2020, and if you've been watching the news at all, it's so important to know kind of where we're at. There are riots happening all over. There was uh, an incredible injustice done uh, just a week ago with George Floyd, a black man who was being arrested and he was handcuffed and an officer, a policeman, had his knee on George Floyd's neck. George said he couldn't breathe and the officer continued to put his knee on his neck and he finally passed out and ultimately died. It was an act of, of, of racism. It was an act of excessive force and we're 
thankful that our justice system is going to take care of that and uh, the, all the officers involved were arrested. And so uh, this is a situation that should never have happened, but it did happen. And we live in a fallen world. And, uh, and so you and I have an opportunity to let the light of Jesus Christ shine brightly through our lives and let the world know uh, that there is a difference when you serve the Lord. There's a way to, uh, to respond to these things in a Christ-like way, in an honoring way. Uh, as my pastor told me years ago, right is always right and wrong is always wrong. And two wrongs do not make it right. And so we have to be very, very careful that, uh, you know, Jesus would get angry, but in his anger, he didn't sin. And so it's so important that we uh, really conduct ourselves in a Christ-like manner. And so today I want to address uh, three elements of favoritism. One, I want to talk about the sin of favoritism. I want to talk about the stupidity of it and also the solution of it. So if you're taking notes, uh, number one, we're going to talk about the sin of favoritism. It says in James 2 uh, verses 1 through 4, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor or show partiality or favoritism to some people over others. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting, comes to church dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. So you got someone coming in expensive clothes, rolling up in a nice car, uh, and another person that's coming in that is poor and dirty. He says, if you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or you can sit on the floor. Um, well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? He says, if you're showing a rich person better treatment than you're showing a poor person, he says, it's sin. You're discriminating. You're showing that your judgments are guided by evil motives. Uh, your motives are all wrong. And he says, you can't do that. And so Jesus didn't treat people with partiality. He treated everybody the same. He went after the underdogs. He went after those who were despised. He went after those that maybe didn't think much of themselves or society didn't think much of them. And he began to see greatness in them. Uh, Jesus spotlighted the story of the widow who gave her gave a mite. A mite was like giving a couple cents. And so she was. He was watching all the rich people give these you know these you know big offerings. And he said, you know what? I want you to notice this widow. This widow who was one of those people that was just uh, had a tough time in life. Uh, these were the people that were just, the, the widows were kind of well, like we talked about last week. The, the widows and the orphans, they were just uh, really the unfortunate. They were going through difficult hardship. And he says, this widow, I want you to pay attention because this widow, although she only gave two mites, although she only gave her two cents, it was all she had. She gave everything. So he said it wasn't the size of the rich people's gifts. It was the sacrifice that really caught Jesus' attention. So he said, don't worry about the size of your offering. Focus on the amount of the sacrifice. And so uh, where we would oftentimes give lots of attention and, and name buildings after people for giving large donations, uh, large endowments. Jesus said, hey, you need to pay attention to the little ones, the widows, the, those, the, the poor people who have nothing, but they give everything. He says, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. And it's not, 
despising rich people. Thank God for rich people. They, help, they can help do a lot of great good. But Jesus says, let's not give all the attention to the rich people. I want you to notice the sacrifice that this poor widow made. And so where some will give a portion of their income, this widow gave everything. She gave a sacrifice. Uh, Jesus also uh, kind of wrote a new narrative for Samaritans. You know, Samaritans were despised people. They were, the Jews didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want to be, a, so they kind of let them sit over um, on their, you know, on the other side of the room. They, they didn't want to associate with them at all. And so there was a discrimination going on there. And Jesus said, let me tell you the story about the Good Samaritan. There was a man that, that was, was walking and got beaten up by a bunch of thieves. They robbed him, left him half dead. This, this priest walked by and just looked at him and kept walking. This Levite, this other uh, assistant to the pastor, uh, he walked by and, and just wouldn't, wouldn't take any time, wouldn't go out of his way. He said, but there's this good Samaritan. I know you think they're bad. You don't even want to associate with them. They're, they're not like you. They're despised. He said, there's a good Samaritan that stopped and he showed compassion. And Jesus wanted to highlight. And today, uh, 2,000 years later, we talk about not the bad Samaritan, not the despised Samaritan. We talk about the good Samaritan. So Jesus had a way of reshaping people's ideas about things. And I'm, my prayer is that your thoughts and my thoughts would be altered through the Word of God. As you're hearing this message, whatever whatever uh, kind of favoritism you may have been brought up with, whether it's uh, racism or whatever the situation is, you're, you're looking at people because of they grew up on the wrong side of the tracks or they were brought up with less than you. And we sometimes look down on people because they don't have you know the right logo on their shirt or they don't have the right logo on their jeans or a woman doesn't carry the proper purse. Uh, he says, that's garbage. Don't look at those things. Don't judge people. Don't, don't make a value judgment based on people that are different than you. And I think if we're all honest, we do that because we think we're normal and anyone that's not like us is abnormal. They're different. Um, if, if someone, uh, you know, my wife is polar opposite to me and she gets energized when she gets around people where I get energized when I go for a ride in my car, uh, turn on some worship music, or I'm reading. That feeds me. And so I think, man, she is so weird. She's not weird. She's just different than me. And so we always think people that are not like us are weird, but I think we're weird. We're all weird. We're all different. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, the Bible says we're a peculiar people. But we're all created in the image of God, and he didn't make any mistake when he created you and he created me. It says in James 2, verse 8 and 9, Yes, indeed, it's good when you obey the royal law found in Scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's the royal law. It's the law above all other laws. He says, but if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. James says, hey, it's wrong. It's sin. Don't do it. He didn't say it's kind of a bad thing. It's not socially accepted. It's not, you know, a good behavior. He says, no. No, it's sin. You're committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. He's like, hey, sin is sin. And if you if you've sinned just because you're you're racist or because you're you're showing favoritism or you're discriminating, it's it's as bad as you doing everything. You're, you're just as guilty. And and so when you and I think about this, we're like, well, my sin's not as bad as his. Well, sin is 
bad. And when you sin, if you're a sinner, you're bound to destruction. Uh, your, your, your eternal sentence will be hell unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and let Jesus Christ pay the price for your sin. And so I want to be very, very clear. He says, for the same God who said, verse 11, you must not commit adultery, also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So he looks at this thing called favoritism. Uh, we can call it racism, partiality. He says he looks at it just like murder, just like adultery. In the Old Testament, murder and adultery were punishable by death. And he says if you commit this thing called favoritism, or you commit adultery, or you commit murder, he says it's all sin. It's all, you've broken the law. And so maybe you didn't break it as bad as someone that murdered somebody, but you still broke the law. The other day I was coming off the, the, the I was coming onto the highway and I hit the gas and, and I, my car was just having fun, just kind of putting the accelerator down, got up to 75 miles an hour and quickly backed it down just as I was getting on the highway. And wouldn't you know it, a policeman was sitting over on the side of the street just ahead. I'm like, Jesus, 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 please, please, please give me grace, give me mercy. And, uh, and by God's grace, I just kept rolling down and uh, I'm thinking, God, you know I wasn't planning on speeding down the highway. I was just having a little fun for just a quick stretch and quickly brought it down, but I was guilty. Uh, I think I got up to 75 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone, but quickly went right back down to 50 and I could have gotten a speeding ticket for that crazy behavior, but God was merciful and I received great mercy. And so I wanna say favoritism is a sin. Racism is sin. Bullying is a sin. Looking down on others who are different than you and me is a sin. Showing partiality is a sin. And if you are doing those things, if you've done those things, you and I need to ask the Lord to forgive us of those things. Repentance isn't just crying crocodile tears and saying we're sorry. It's changing the way we do things. If you've been talking down towards people, you need to start talking up to people. You need to start honoring people if you've been dishonoring. If you've been disrespecting, start respecting. Change your behavior. You know, Jesus saw people in their potential. He didn't see them in their present state only but he saw who they could be. You know, he called Peter, Simon was a, Simon, the word Simon means pebble, small pebble. He said, no, you're gonna be Peter. You're gonna be Peter, you're gonna be, as, you're gonna be the rock. You're gonna be a solid foundation. And so he saw goodness in others. And my pastor used to call it frog kissing, being able to look past the warts in one another and seeing that kingly, uh, that royalty in them. Uh, you know, the story of the princess, she kissed the frog, and when she kissed the frog, he became a prince. And there's something about you and me seeing goodness, seeing godness in people before they change. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us when we were in our worst state. Jesus saw the difference he would make in our life and he loved us while we were sinners and said, you know what? I got a great plan, a great future for these people. And so Genesis 1:27 says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. You and I were all created in the image of God, male or female, red, yellow, black, and white, it doesn't matter, uh, and everything in between. 
You know, Jesus loved us. He created us. God created us in his image. And so you and I are, are an image of our Heavenly Father. And I love the fact that he is multifaceted, that you and I together create this, this picture. You know, imagine just this whole wallpaper of all of our faces. And I believe when you put us all together, you see the kingdom of God. You see uh, what God looks like. We're, we're a blended family, but it's beautiful in God's sight. Um, so I want to share, I'm going to move quickly along. And it said, uh, point number two, we we're talking about the sin of favoritism. And I want to talk about the stupidity of favoritism. It says in James 2, Five through seven. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. That's stupid. He says, is it the rich who oppress you and drag you into the court? He says, the poor people are going to take you to court. It's the rich people that are going to drag you in court. They're going to sue you. He says, this is crazy to show favoritism to the people that are going to take you to court. Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? He says, you know, it's so important that you and I, that we don't favor rich people in a place of poor people. God chose the poor in this world to be rich in faith. You know, if you want to get around someone in faith, get around a poor person. Get around a person who doesn't have a lot of extra. Get around a poor person that their, their cupboards aren't full of, of groceries. Get around a poor person that doesn't have a refrigerator and freezer full of food for a week or a month. He says, these are the people that truly walk by faith. They know what it's like to trust God. You know, you and I don't pray the prayer, give us this day our daily bread, because we got bread for weeks. We got plenty. But there's people all around the world that have to trust God for their next meal. He says, if you really want to know someone in faith, get around a poor person because they have great faith. If you're sick, find a poor person that will pray for you because they know what it's like to trust the Lord. They can't, they may not be able to have the money to go to the doctor. They may not have the money to get their prescriptions, to get their medicine. So they're just going to have to walk by faith and say, Lord, we're trusting that you're going to heal us. You're tr we're trusting you that you're going to take care of us. And I believe God loves it when we walk by faith. And so poor people, uh, my pastor years ago said, you know what, Bill, don't, don't pursue all the rich people. He says the rich, you can't build a great church on rich people alone because rich people uh, oftentimes find themselves at their lake house, at their mountain house. They're gone on vacation. He says, we got, you get the regular people. Uh, they, they got to, they got to be home for the weekend. They got their job. They got their bills. They got to pay. They got their families. They're going to be in church. He says, you got to build your church on just the normal people, regular people. And so it's so important that you and I uh, really uh, focus our efforts. Don't, don't discriminate against poor or rich, black or white. Let us, he says, it's just, it's stupid. It makes no sense. And I believe, I, I think some of my, uh, some of the greatest people in my life are different color than I am. They're, they come from a different uh, race than I come. And yet they're so fun. And Jenny and I, we, we grew up in Illinois, pretty white place. We quickly moved uh, first ministry experience for four years in Decatur, Georgia, uh, just right on the east side of Atlanta. It was a very, uh, very much 
uh, a, a, really a, a black depressed area. And yet here we were clearly white people, but we got to, to minister to people of different ethnicities. We had uh, some of my, my great friends and leaders in that church were Ethiopians. And, and I remember having dinner at their home and, and nearly uh, dying from the food. They, they took this food, this Ethiopian food that was so, I'm super picky on my food. And I got my plate full of food, went around and got very, you know, I just kind of spread everything around the plate in case I didn't like it and got things I thought were safe, and then I didn't realize. But uh, one of the great honors for the Ethiopians is for the man of the house, the father, to feed the guest off of his plate. And would you know, his plate was full of curry, his plate was full of spices, and when they serve you from their plate, it's not just a little, you know, it's not like a little communion wafer. They grab this thing of food and you open your mouth wide and it's like a bird shoving food down your throat. And I don't know if you ever had food, uh, you've taken such a big bite that you're about choking on the food because it's like at the back of your throat while it's still at the front of your throat and you're trying to chew it. So he put this food in my mouth and I know my eyes had to be bugging out of my head and tears coming down my face because it was hot. It was so spicy. And, and I remember thinking, man, I thought I cheated the system and I was not going to offend them at all. And sure enough, he fed me off of his plate with all the spices and things I couldn't, I, I just, oh, it was, it was one of the uh, funniest experiences because as soon as we left there, and we left, I can't remember how quickly we left, but my mouth was like on fire the entire time. And all I could think of is I got to go to McDonald's and I got to get some soft ice cream. And I just remember lapping it like a dog and putting that, that vanilla ice cream on my tongue and taking the sting, the burn, off my tongue. Uh, those are wonderful. It wasn't a wonderful experience at the time. It's a wonderful story many years later. But I remember uh, just spending time with with, uh, with our Ethiopian friends, Chernet Gurma and his family. And it was such a awesome time. And, and, um, and so I just think about the people that God has put in my life. And we were for 17 years in Orlando, Florida, which is very much white. It's very much Hispanic. It's also black, but lots of Puerto Ricans, lots of Cubans, uh, lots of Hispanic. And, uh, and, and so we got just a variety of everything. And we realized how much we enjoyed being around people of color, being around different people. And so um, it just makes the world much more exciting. And so uh, Luke 21, um, actually I'm going to skip that. And um, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.26, he says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, a few of you, were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. But we got to remember where we came from. You know, we didn't come like this. This is Jesus Christ doing a great work in our lives. And we, uh, God has, has made us wonderful in his sight. And you and I are in process. And, you know, one of, you know the vision of this church is that we're a growing family who believes everyone. Did, you know, regardless of age, race, whatever, Everyone can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference for Jesus Christ locally, regionally, and globally. Our vision is all-encompassing of all people, all demographics, rich, poor, educated, uneducated. There's a place for you in our church family because we all believe heaven's going to be a much more diverse place than we realize. So last thing, 
is I want to talk about the solution to favoritism. It says in James 2.12, So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful to you when he judges you. He says the solution to this favoritism is look for people to show mercy to. He says, if you want God to show you mercy on the judgment day, show mercy to others. If you've shown mercy to other people, God's going to show mercy to you. But if you are holding people to a, to a tight standard, uh, he says, you're going, to, you're going to find yourself condemned because you don't deserve anything except what Jesus Christ has done for you. So it says in, in James 2, 8, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, he calls it a royal law because if you and I would just obey that law, if we would love our neighbor, love those around us like we love ourselves, we wouldn't need all these other laws. If we would just operate in the spirit of love, that we would love, that we would prefer one another, we would honor one another. If we just love our neighbor as ourselves, he said the world's going to be a better place. This favoritism, it's done. Racism, gone. Riots, they're not existing because we love one another as we love ourselves. Uh, Romans 13 7 says, love does, not, uh, love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. You know, when we're operating in anger and rage, even if it's for justice, he says it's wrong, it's sin. Love does no wrong to others. I saw this, this uh, black man that was, I can't remember what town he was in, he says, you guys are burning down my building my store. I've worked my life for this store. You're building, you're burning down my building. You've burned my truck down. And he was just despairing and he was so angry because uh, these people, and I'm, I'm told that a lot of the people that were causing the problems, there was, there was some peaceful protesting going on by people that should have been protesting. And there were a bunch of white uh, extremists that came in and started stirring up the pot and causing anarchy and, and burning our own buildings and, and doing, I mean, just destructive things. And it shouldn't be. That is not God. That is, that is sin. It's wrong. And so love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. God's law. In Matthew 12, 36, it says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Watch your words. Watch your words. Know that we're going to have to give an account for every idle word we speak. Know that you're going to have to give an account to God for every idle word you post on social media. You know, we see on social media so many hateful things, so many destructive things, so many discriminating things that ought not to be said about you. It ought not to be said about me. We have to, you know, the Bible says they're going to know us by our love. They're not going to know us by our hate. They're going to know us by our love. And we need to make sure that we do everything according to the royal law, that we lift others up. We see the best in one another. We call out the best in one another and represent Jesus Christ. So he says in James 2, 12 and 13, so whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you'll be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. And so my question is, do you show mercy 
Are you a merciful person? Do you show mercy to those who are different than you? When somebody does something uh, that hurts you, when someone does, does something that rubs you wrong, do you give them mercy and just say, you know what? Must be having a bad day. I don't know what they're going through. I'm just going to let that one slide. God wants us to be the kind of people that show mercy, show grace to one another and say, hey, I don't know what they're walking through. They must be going through a tough time. Let us be merciful. Let us be grace-filled. Let us be love-focused and really uh, share the love of Jesus Christ with those around us. I want to pray for you uh, as I pray for myself. In uh, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. And coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You know, the one way, the solution to favoritism, the solution to racism, the solution to partiality, is that you and I would humble ourselves. We would take the high road of humility, and we would treat others better than ourselves. We would make sure that we uh, treat others the way we would like others to treat us. And so I want to pray for you because all of us have, and you know, we all come from different backgrounds. And whether you, um, I don't think I'm a racist person, but there could be things that are out of order in my life. And, and my prayer is that you and I would accurately reflect the love of Jesus to one another and to those in the world. Those we love, those we don't love, those that we don't even know, uh, that we would just treat strangers with the love of Jesus Christ. So Father, I pray for each and every one of us that you would help us to be people that are Christ-like, that where we have been done wrong, may we show mercy to one another, may we show grace to one another, may we believe the best and hope the best, uh, speak the best of one another. Lord, I pray where we have shown favoritism that you would forgive us. I, show what, I pray that where we have been demonstrating racism, when we have looked down on someone because of their skin color or the, where they were born, when we've looked down on people because of their education or we've looked down on people because of their physical appearance, when we've looked down on people because of their age, I pray, God, that you would forgive us for making value judgments that aren't based in the Word of God. Lord, would you forgive us? And I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would come. God, where we're out of order, would you bring us in right order? Would you bring us in place? Help us, God, to see people the way you see people and to treat people the way you would treat people. I ask you to forgive us of our sin. I ask you, God, to set us free from maybe ways we were brought up things we've, that we were raised to believe that are, that are ungodly, unchristlike. Would you help create in us a clean heart and restore right thoughts in us? Help us, God, to see people the way you see them, to value them the way you value them. And Lord, we just pray that you would forgive us for things that we've said, things that we've done that have been unchristlike to those around us. Help us, God, to really represent Christ to our watching world. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've been watching, maybe you're new uh, to our church family, you're a guest today, I want you to know the greatest, single greatest decision you could ever make in your life 
is to become a Christ follower, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And today I want to lead you in a prayer of surrender, inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart. He's not going to force himself upon you. He comes by invitation. And so I'm going to ask, if you would, to pray this prayer of surrender and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you now. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sin, past, present, and future. Forgive me for showing favoritism and partiality to those around me. Forgive me for anything I've said or done that has, that has been displeasing to you, for ways that I've been uh, demonstrating racism. Forgive me for that. I ask you to set me free from everything that has held me captive and help me to live my life for you. Use me to make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to congratulate you if you prayed that prayer. The Bible says all of heaven's rejoicing. So uh, church family, I'm going to ask if you would to show some love, show some hearts to those who have made that decision today. And if you did make that decision, would you text in the chat thread, I believe. And beyond that, would you take a moment and fill out one of our uh, virtual connect cards and let us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ to make him the Lord of your life. If you have a special prayer need, whatever it is, uh, you can type in prayer in the text thread and let us know how we can pray for you. We got uh, ministers who are online that want to pray with you and, and be there for you. Uh, or if you'd like, you can just fill out one of our virtual connect cards and let us know how we can pray for you. But I want you to know how much I love and appreciate you being a part of our church family. Uh, you know, the church isn't a building. You and I are the church. And the church of Jesus Christ is stronger than it's ever been. We're now meeting, uh, having drive-in church services uh, at our church building at 9 Mayhan Road. But we also will continue to always have our online ministry, online church for you. For our friends who are watching around the world, across the United States, uh, in Blackstone and beyond, we want you to know how much we love and appreciate you. Uh, your generosity makes all the difference in the world. And I just want to thank each of you for standing with us, for giving sacrificially, for giving generously to support the work of the ministry so we can continue to support our ministries and our, our missionaries all around the world. Thank you for that. And I want to pray the blessing of the Lord over you as we get ready to go. And I want to encourage you, if you're not part of our virtual connect groups, join us, be a part, and uh, watch what God will do in your life. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you so much. Can't wait to be with you here soon. Have an awesome day and let us know how we can stand with you, how we can help you. And I'd love to have you be a part if you want to serve in the ministry of New Life Church. We welcome you. So uh, let us know, fill out one of those virtual connect cards, and we will get you plugged in. God bless you, and have an awesome day.